Thanks again for those who have joined us today. Our topic is planting radish with cash grain wheat for higher yields. Uh, this is something that came about by accident where a farmer by the name of Ed Winkle from Ohio, he has uh, passed on about two years ago, I believe now, but he was certainly an influential uh, a farmer who uh, really encouraged a lot of farmers in not only no-till but cover cropping as well. And he had uh, got interested when I was when I was involved with the tillage radish. He had gotten uh, interested in trying that as a cover crop, and he called me up one late fall, I believe it was in the end of November or something like that. He said, hey, Steve, I have a little situation here. I'm not sure what to do about it. He said, um, I think they had left some radish in their mixer or their seed uh, mixer. He, he was a big fan of that T22 biological product, and he would put that on everything. And the hired hand went to put to do the same thing with wheat. And they had forgotten that there were some radishes in there, so the radishes got mixed in with the wheat, went ahead and planted it. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure if Ed didn't even know about it until the field was planted and came up. But he said, I got radishes growing in my wheat. He said, do you think that's going to be a problem? And I said, well, I wouldn't worry about it because they're probably going to winter kill like they usually do. So he said, yeah, I'll just leave them go. We'll see what happens. Well, next July... I got a phone call from Ed, and he said, where we ran out of, when we got a different batch here, our yields dropped 11 bushel per acre. Now, uh, knowing Ed and how uh, he uh, took yields and everything, it was not replicated. Uh, it was just simply, he noticed it on the yield monitor that there was a, in this case, a significant difference. And was like, wow, well, that's interesting. So that kind of led then to some more, more replicated research and more people doing it. And I'll just, I like to cut right to the chase when we talk about this kind of stuff. And what I will tell you is that I've been aware of dozens, uh, that, that may be conservative, I don't know, probably not hundreds, but dozens and dozens of comparisons, either replicated or side-by-sides. It seems to be that the, the, the yield gain you get out of planted radishes with wheat, in other words, this is a, this is a very late planting window for radishes, uh, but even so, the small little radish can impact wheat yields in the three to five bushel range. Uh, if if and, and again, it's it is somewhat variable. And I'll show you data here that shows a fairly wide range. But overall, it's been net positive. And with just uh, just putting a few pounds of radishes in with wheat, it's not that hard to do. And just as a way to introduce another species with a cash crop, I think it's something that's worthwhile doing. Um, uh, you know, just to get a bushel or two or three more wheat at you know one bushel of wheat more than pays for the seed. So you're not risking much. But the question is, 
how does this work? Why does it work? And I don't have a very concise scientific answer to that, but I got some ideas. So that's what I want to share with you today on that. First of all, uh, the radish is the fastest species I know in the fall to grow uh, when we get into cooler weather. Uh, aside from in the summer where you'll have sun hemp and sorghum sedan grass, there's nothing much beats those two. But when we get into this time of year, right now, latter part of September, the, uh, the radish is very well-known, well-documented, to put on more growth in the month of October than almost any other species out there. So we kind of, we, we understand that and we know that, and I think that's part of the reason why we have a benefit. And here's just some pictures of eight days after planting where it's just amazing how quickly it grows, uh, but also how fast the root grows and how fast the root develops, uh, much more than you would normally think. Um, this um, this next picture shows a wheat seedling next to a radish. Uh, we'll say seedling here, and you can just see that the just simply out of one little seed, the rate of growth is uh, two to three times that of wheat. So uh, some of the theories here is that the radish gets down quicker and deeper and soaks up some nitrogen that might be there in the soil and then gives it over to the wheat in the spring, particularly at dormancy break when wheat's coming out of dormancy. Um, I got a pretty cool picture from uh, Joel Groover, someone that I've worked with since 1995. Uh, he was an intern for Dr. Ray Weil, a graduate student, I should say, and spent a couple years here in my farm doing some research on cover crops for quite a few years. Uh, this is a picture of a radish that was planted late September at the very end of the planting window. A uh, picture was taken in early November, but full 36 inches of root in that time. So knowing that these radishes have the ability to do this, I'm convinced is some of the reason, because they're not only getting nitrogen down in there, but they're getting sulfur as well. Radishes are well known to be able to scavenge sulfur and to bring it to the surface. And it's also well known that wheat needs sulfur and benefits from sulfur in our soil. So I think there's a small nitrogen effect. I think there's a small sulfur effect. Now, having said that, when you're taking yields and so forth, that effect could be wiped out depending on how aggressive you are in your, in your, you know, your spring nitrogen management or even your fall nitrogen management for wheat or even sulfur as well. So I think probably this this practice uh, might be the most of the the, the biggest uh, factor might be just I'll call it the biological effect, which is just because there's synergy of a different plant species there. I think there's a nutritional effect, some, sometimes greater and sometimes less, depending on how aggressive your fertility program is. And I would say the only way to know that is to do a little testing on your own farm, because I don't think there's going to be a hard and fast rule that says if you plant radishes, you can reduce your nitrogen by uh, 15 pounds per acre. 
or whatever. I, I, I don't expect that to come out of this. Um, that's something I think that each farm would have to determine how, how that would go. Uh, another thing that I think supports this notion of how what radishes can do is some of the corn yield data that I've been able to do. And when you look at this here, late planted radish, um, here if you look on the bottom left-hand corner there, we had a control with no radish, then a September 20th planting of radish, and then October 9th, which is late. Uh, that's late. That's very late in the year. And those radishes don't even get a tuber the size of a pencil. I mean, not even close. It's just almost a taproot. That's about it. But I have seen this, and I've heard this from multiple people, where even if you look down across the bottom there, uh, this was – um, uh, these aren't very impressive yields, but uh, nonetheless, we got an eight bushel increase over the control where we planted those radishes that late. Um, I certainly wouldn't promise that this is going to happen every year. It does depend on the fall, but I've heard it enough. I've seen it enough in my farm to believe there's a factor there. And again, it's obviously not a compaction alleviation factor. Um, I think it's subtle things. I, again, it goes into that. That's the biological effect of having a bra brassica in the soil before corn. There's just something that seems uh, to be helped with that. So I think that lays a uh, fairly good foundation for what you know what we know right now. Uh, I have never seen a university do a full-on uh, uh, replications over several years of this practice to really know what they would say. But uh, I will say that we did have some uh, yield data from uh, some, some different folks. Now, if you look there on the right-hand side, you'll see those numbers. The, the highest increase I, I heard of was 18 bushel, but I'm just saying that's what a farmer told me. Um, you know, that was probably more of a side-by-side. -side. The two numbers there in red, the 12 bushel and the 5 bushel, they were indeed both replicated. That was research that we had paid to do. One was in New York State. The 12 bushel increase was in New York State. The 5 bushel yield increase was in Illinois. Uh, they, that's, those two numbers are pretty good uh, as far as from a research standpoint. Uh, the other numbers you see there are more anecdotal. And we even go down to sometimes people said they got less. And, you know, from a, from a statistical standpoint, you would expect that once in a while anyway. But uh, I threw it in here just uh, so you could show, so you could see some of the range. Um, uh, a few more numbers and a little story to go along with it. Uh, the, the, the letters there is, is the abbreviations for states, Oklahoma. Nine and ten bushels on a very dry year. There's a story to this. Uh, this was, I'm, I'm guessing, 2011, 2012-ish, probably 12, that was the drought year, where a farmer heard about this practice in Oklahoma. Uh, he actually had some cattle. And that's, this actually makes a lot of sense because they typically in Oklahoma graze their wheat acres anyway. That's a typical practice. So putting a few pounds of radishes in there just kind of adds to the, the salad bar, so to speak. So 
Um, unfortunately, the crop insurance agent heard him speak about doing this at a meeting. He talked about what he was doing. The crop insurance agent came up later and said, you know that you just uh, voided your crop insurance because you planted a companion crop with your wheat? And he's like, why, you know, I, no, I didn't think that would be an issue. He said, well, you did. Well, it turned out that was the dry year. So uh, as he said, every farm in the county qualified for crop insurance. And uh, that was back when we were trying to make some a little bit of sense with RMA and say, hey, you got to accommodate these cover crops. And, and so forth, and they didn't want to hear anything about it at that time. Uh, even in spite, I mean, I literally said, well, the NRCS is promoting cover crops, and the, uh, my response from the RMA at that time was, it doesn't matter what the NRCS says. This is not in our rules. We're not going to support this because he just violated his contract. Well, the good thing about that whole story is that set in motion a dialogue with the RMA about cover crops and crop insurance. And I got to tell you, to date now, the RMA has certainly been headed in the right direction. So even though it was a little shaky at start, uh, when cover crops started getting on the scene, the RMA is, is uh, headed in the right direction. Of course, not fast enough for us, but nonetheless, I got I to give it to them. They're headed in the right direction. So that's just a little story there that was maybe one of the spark plugs to get RMA's attention that these cover crops maybe aren't as bad as they thought. Because guess what? He had two fields, and they yielded 9 and 11 bushels higher from where he did not have the radishes. When it was all said and done, he made more money than his neighbors did by taking an insurance claim. So, guess who was laughing at the end of that? Um, so that turned out to be a, a kind of a uh, a little bit of an unofficial case study that caught the attention of the powers that be, and I was involved in that at the time. And just a little interesting tidbit there of of you know what kind of went on in the history of it. Um, so Ohio is a seven bushel increase. There's some Pennsylvania numbers there: six three three bushels. Illinois two point five. Uh, just throwing some numbers up there, and and there's lower ones there. I would say is more what you're going to expect. Um, so again, a lot of variables and, and so forth. But basically, what I am saying, from what I've heard, is a three to five bushel yield increase. And yes, some years you'll probably get. Uh, zero, but um, hey, for spending what's radish seed cost now, it's like a buck fifty, buck seventy a pound or something. Uh, you know, less than a bushel of wheat, even though wheat's cheap, uh, you can still uh, it's it's not it's well worth the risk. And uh, aside from just yield increases, I think there's a subtle biological and soil health impact there that's going to help as well. So one thing to note that there are certain areas of the country that this got, did catch on. I know there's. There were some dealers in Wisconsin that were actually pre-mixing radishes with um, with wheat, and they were providing that as a service for their farmers. So I know that there was uh, thousands of acres went out like that. Um, I 
I haven't really kept up with that to see what's happening now on that front, but um, I know that that had occurred. So through this little interesting thing here, there's certainly uh, was some happy farmers out there, and and I, I wanted to show this picture here. Uh, this is one of someone from my area, uh, but also the gentleman on the right is Frederick Thomas, and I talked about him last week. That's who hosted most of my trip in France uh, two weeks before what I talked about, the, the past webinar, what I'm going to be talking about next week, my trip to France. But Frederic, when he visited me, I took him around to some local farms here, and one of them was where radishes were planted with wheat. Uh, this field here, I would say, is maybe a little heavy with radish. It looks a little heavy to me right now, but um, I think he was getting five to seven bushels uh, out of that. So, uh, you know, if you're in the area where, where the radishes winter kill, uh, no big deal in the spring. But they're not hard to take out with herbicides either in wheat. Now, I wanted to I put this picture in also because in France they're doing some similar concepts. Uh, and this really intrigued me when I was in France uh, the first time in 2008, where they're mixing different cover crop species with their oilseed rape. Oilseed rape is one of their top cash crops in in uh, in the country of France, and it's used uh, mainly for oil uh, production. But the nice thing about oilseed rape is it's planted the end of August, so there's plenty of time to plant significant amount of other cover crops with it. And what they were doing was planting um, uh, cover crops that were going to winter kill, and the oilseed rape will come through the winter. So it just gives you weed control, give you a little nitrogen production, and again, you get that uh, that mixed species effect. And even just two weeks ago, I was there, uh, when I was there, there are actually companies now, cover crop companies, that are selling what they call a companion mix. It's a mix of cover crops, like um, like fava beans. And, um, uh, well, there's just some other ones there. I kind of forget what they are right now, but they're selling a companion mix that's designed to be mixed with their cash crop. Now, with wheat, our limit, our options are limited more typically because it's planted later in the year. Um, but the principle is still the same. And um, so, anyway, it's just kind of interesting to see some of the ideas that are out there. Um, so, planting two to three pounds with wheat is is pretty much the um, the standard or recommended rate. To do this, uh, you get if you get four pounds of radish, you're going to risk smothering the wheat. Uh, so you want to stay under four pounds. That's why I say two to three pounds is all you want because the radish, as I indicated earlier at the beginning, they will indeed uh, grow faster and 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 shade out the wheat. So so I'm. Um, Going to open it up now for any questions that you may have on this. Uh, now this is a little shorter topic than some, but I think it's harvest time and, and we're all a little bit busier. But uh, if any of you have any questions, you want to type them in. I'll, uh, I'll uh, allow everyone to be on here if they want to. Just uh, you know, open up your uh, microphone and and ask the question about this topic. 
Then after I explain what next week is, then we'll open up to any cover crop questions. So are there any uh, questions you have about raising, uh, putting radish in with wheat or experiences that you may have tried this and what, what occurred? Um, anyone have any questions or any comments? Go ahead, Doug. I see you turned your mic on. How, uh, how deeply can you plant the radishes in a, in a, in a light silt loam soil, and how deeply can you plant them in a very tight uh, clay, sandy mm -hmm. silt clay loam soil? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the answer to that, uh, generally speaking, they just, most everyone plants them at the wheat depth. Uh, that being said, if you have a tighter soil, and I would say one that may not be quite as healthy yet, um, is uh is is uh you know a an option to uh to plant the same depth pretty much but i've heard of people too directing it depends on your drill directing the seed back a little bit further and this this I don't know if it works out uh if you can direct the seed back further and so it doesn't go quite as deep so the, the, Doug, the answer to your question is most people are putting a radish in at the same depth. And I have enough experience with radishes. They're really tough. And when you have warm soils like we do in the fall, it's, it, the general answer is, is whatever your wheat depth, wheat depth is, um, they, will, they will work. So, yeah, Dan, I see you have a question here for me. Did you want to show something or, uh, I don't know, you can, you can, I, I've, not sure if I can do that on the fly here, what you're asking me about presenting something. No, I've got a question. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead. Ask the question. All right. My question is I had an idea yeah. to plant radish as the initial crop and then go in and intercede between it later with wheat uh -huh. on a lower density. Mm -hmm. because I've seen wheat in really good soils make as many as 50 tillers per plant. Yes. Because I think, you know, it makes a better root system and it can mm -hmm. actually harvest more nutrients and you're probably getting a higher quality, higher mm -hmm. nutrient uh, grain out of it. Mm -hmm. But to be able to control the weeds at that lower density and not transplant the wheat, but you yeah. know, actually get, get it in there at a lower density yeah. but use the radish as a cover to keep the weeds down well uh, i'll tell you what dan i actually tried that one year uh it's when i had when i used to grow sweet corn the sweet corn came off in like the middle of august planted a nice stand of radish and went back in with a drill and just planted wheat uh, i got a little worried because the drill didn't put, didn't hold back the radishes like i was hoping it would and that radish has just kept growing. You couldn't even see the weed in there. Uh, I went in then and sprayed a low rate. I just wanted to stunt the radishes. I sprayed a low rate, and I'm not exactly sure. I think it was something like bucktrill, something that was weak. You know, uh, the idea was to just to try to set them back a little bit. Ah, I hear what your question is, and I, I understand the, the lower seeding of wheat and the tillering. I've been hearing more about that. I don't have personal experience with it. I guess that's just something you're going to have to play around with. I would caution you, though, that be prepared for the backup plan because radishes are very aggressive in the fall. 
uh, and and they will just literally smother the wheat. Uh, if there's a way around that somehow, you just make you just need to have that in consideration. I guess is where is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can, could you uh, just seed the radish at a at a wider spacing oh. and get pretty good coverage out of it, but leave enough space in there to get the wheat to come through when mm -hmm. you go back in and seed mm -hmm. it at a later time? That would help. No doubt about it. That would help. And, you know, before we had the idea of actually mixing species, that's what we did because the radish was so aggressive. Now, in hindsight, we were planting our radishes way too thick when we started back in 2001. We were actually at 13 pounds per acre at that time. And, of course, everyone was raving about the weed, weed control they gave. Well, no kidding, 13-pound per acre of radish is going to give you good weed control. Uh, then we, we couldn't grow oats with it because the radishes were overtake them. So then we split the drill where every other row, radish, oats, radish, oats, radish, oats, and we kind of did what you are saying. We left room for it to grow, and then we thought, well, why don't we just mix them together? And, you know, in hindsight, or like right now, that's crazy that we didn't even think about that at first, but I never thought of mixing seeds together. That's not the way I was used to thinking back in the day. Yeah. And so what you just suggested there, there could be some room for that. There again, you're going to have to play around with that and rates and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you might be on to something, um, but that's, you know, one of those ideas that I wouldn't try your whole wheat crop the first year uh, doing something like that. That's for sure. Yeah. One other uh, question, how much uh – Carbohydrates are the are the radishes thrown off into the soil to improve soil microbiota, and which mm -hmm. then in turn you know helps that wheat you know mm -hmm. get more nutrients. So yep. that's why the yield is increasing. Well, I'll just tell you, Dan. I don't know the scientific answer to your question. Uh, that's just not my specialty. That kind of answer. Is there anybody else on here today? They could give maybe a little bit more of an explanation of of uh, more data or numbers to back up that. I mean, just feel free to speak up if anyone has any insight into that. But uh, and then that's why I said earlier in my conversation here that I put that in the category. That's the biological effect, you know, whatever that is. Uh, so I don't know. Is there anybody else that wants to comment on that? Okay. Anyone else have a question about the radishes and the wheat? Steve. Yeah. I uh, did this, uh, oh, four years ago, mm -hmm. maybe after Ed Winkle had, uh, yeah. had done so. I'd, you know, I'd read his posts and so mm -hmm. forth. And uh, I only threw about a pound in. Mm -hmm. Just mixed in with the wheat seed, even though our drills were capable or had lagoon boxes, we didn't bother with that. Yeah. We just threw it in with the seed. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, hey, I didn't see a lot of radish come up in the fall. Maybe I didn't okay. look hard enough. Okay. But we don't plant wheat much before the 10th of October. Right. So I know we're getting, mm -hmm. hey, if we do get any germination, we're not going to get a lot of growth. Right. Right. So I didn't think much about it. Next year we combined the wheat, and of course I didn't take any yield tests or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But we planted green beans as a double crop after the wheat. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the green beans were harvested, every now and then a great big radish tuber, tuber <laughs> would show up in yep. the green bean leaves. 
Yeah. And the doctors would look at it, you know. Yep. They didn't reject any loads or anything like that. But I was trying, I'm still trying to figure, okay, where did those radishes come from? Yeah. Did they overwinter because it was a fairly mild winter, uh -huh. the previous winter? Uh -huh. Or did they not germinate in the yeah. fall, but rather germinate in the spring mm -hmm. and then grow as the wheat is growing? Well, uh, I, yeah, I could say it could be both. Uh, I've, I do know, and I've got enough experience with radishes, that they can germinate in the spring. They just don't germinate in the fall. Uh, there's That's a very, very, very low percentage that does that, but it certainly can occur. Uh, the other thing I will mention is that young radishes are harder to winter kill. There's clearly a difference between a mature radish. When the tuber's coming out of the ground, a couple nights in the low 20s takes them out, but it has to be in the low teens to take out a smaller radish. So maybe it did survive, or maybe it did grow in the spring there. That's I'd say either or is, is possible. Okay. Other questions? Uh, Steve, this is Jim. Yeah. Uh, I would just make a comment. Uh, we had tried uh, putting radish with our wheat mm -hmm. back um, oh, three years ago now, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, not in all of our acres, but in enough of acres to find that we really did not see any significant uh, yield advantage to use them. Mm -hmm. uh, what I don't know for sure is what it would have done for improving, you know, soil health. Sure. But I think there, there, there is something to be said about um, the nutrient quality of your soil mm. and what effect you will have from things like radish. Yeah. Um, and I'm feeling that maybe, you know, this would be a practice maybe to use in some lower fertility um, yeah. conditions uh, rather than, you know, some of your top-notch yeah. ground. I agree with that, Jim, and also I know you well enough that you are doing a very good level of, not only you have good soil, you're doing top-level management. And I, I, I really would, that's, so I'm commending you for that, but I would say the chance for seeing a yield increase for you is probably smaller because of what you just said, and and I know your management's high. So uh, that being said, um, there there again, it's just just one of those one of those things that um, you know if you want to do it, you're certainly not hurting anything. Uh, but maybe mm -hmm. maybe in poorer ground or if someone's not as aggressive in their nitrogen and sulfur applications, you might see more of an effect. I, I totally think that's a possibility. Right. So anyone else? Comments, questions about radishes and wheat? Steve, when you put up that slide with your rate of two to three pounds of radishes yeah. and wheat, yeah. it caught my attention immediately. Mm -hmm. Because I know how competitive radishes can be. Yeah. We planted some in late uh, August one year, mm -hmm. cover crop now, not as yep. commodity wheat. Right. And radishes, this was five pounds now of radishes. Okay. The radishes smothered out most of the wheat. Oh, yeah. If you would I, play, yep. look at this now, mm 
we are planning a month later. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. or maybe even into October. Yeah. Well, radishes are definitely not going to be nearly as competitive with right. the series of grain. True. So, I suspect your recommendation here is right on. Oh, thank you. Well, that's my recommendation based on quite a few other people that have done it, and I played around with it myself. Um, I just know that four pounds of radish is when you're going to start. That's domination then of radish, regardless of almost what you plant in the fall. So we want we got to keep it underneath that, um, and that's where the two to three pound kind of comes in there. Uh, to yeah, so good. Okay, one more chance. Anyone else have any questions on the radish? Then we'll I'll uh, open it up to broader questions. <clears throat> well, before I do that, I want to uh, tell you next week I want to do part two of my uh, trip to France, which was about two weeks ago now. And, you know, slug management is a topic I'm going to cover. Uh, they, they have a challenging and they have it as challenging in slugs as I think anywhere. Uh, I have some few ideas I want to share that I picked up. Not the, not the nurse shattering, so don't get too excited, but, uh, some ideas. And also I saw some cover plot designs, uh, the way the plots were laid out. That was very fascinating to me to be able to evaluate cover crops and mixes. So I want to show you that uh, because I had never seen it before, and it made a, it's a very simple design that makes a lot of sense. So little teaser there. But I want to spend the bulk of my time talking about the equipment that I saw. And I'll just show you a couple pictures here, some things that caught my attention. Uh, and actually one of them, Lauren, uh, I thought of you when I saw this here. The upper left-hand corner is actually a roller that is designed to go through cornrows. And I know that you had done some of that. Uh, I believe, as I remember, you had done some of that. But if you look up there closer, you can see it's this, this roller can also, uh, there's hydraulics that can take the back rank and move them over so it can be 100% coverage. So it's like a dual purpose. And not only that, it has a cedar attached. If you look up front, toward the front, you'll see there's deflector plates where they were seeding cover crops uh, as they were rolling, which I've never seen anything like that before. Very interesting. Uh, and then I guess the other two pictures uh, that, that maybe was the most exciting thing for me, and I'm going to show you a, a close a, a, a schematic here of the angle slot drill. Uh, this, this to me is uh, something that we need to look at. And uh, uh, I was at an agricultural show the one day, and I believe there were six different drills there, and four of them had this angle slot design where it's kind of laid over, but not only laid over, but also angled so that it actually pulls into the soil with very little down pressure. Uh, quite interesting. And some of these drills now have some pretty high-tech um, components on um, the, the, the one, I guess, that caught my attention the most on that was the, the sly drill. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, where they had sensors on both. Uh, you can actually use the gauge wheel on the side or the press wheel on the back. You can decide which one that you want to be your primary depth control. And you can also put uh, parameters in there to say which one gets the priority for depth control. 
working. This is this is technology from both Precision Planting and Dawn. Uh, they have a lot of these sensors. Uh, then they're putting them on these drills. So quite fascinating. And look forward to talking more about that next week. Um, but now, just to wrap it up today, uh, as we usually do here, is there any other cover crop question that you have? Uh, anything at all that uh, you want to ask and ask the group, or, or I can answer it. I will. If not, uh, we'll see if someone in the group can. So, anyone have a question for um, any cover crop related question? I'm not going to wait too long. So, yeah, this is Doug. Go ahead, Doug. This is Doug. Yes. For for just not not for. Uh, not into wheat, but just cover cropping. Mm -hmm. The uh, how late uh, yeah, what were we what were we talking about tying in with the wheat? Uh radishes with wheat is wheat. what we were talking about. You're yeah, asking, right. how late? Yeah. Yeah, how late up here in the Arctic? <laughs> 50 mile north of Harrisburg yeah. for general cover cropping for planting corn and beans next year. Yeah. How late is it worth throwing some radishes in? Are you talking about in any given situation? I mean, wheat, I mean yeah, aside from wheat? Aside from wheat? Beans. Yeah, I'm taking corn and beans off. I'm just planting. Well, uh, no, no, I know. I'm planting wheat and triticale for cover yeah. and to be to go back into corn and beans next yeah. year. Well, Doug, I know. Is yeah, I'll answer it this way. Well, I know where you live about, and uh, it's September the 26th today. Your window for radishes is pretty much over uh, in your region for as a cover crop. I would say I don't. When do you start planting wheat in your area, or don't you plant wheat? No, I don't plant wheat. Oh, okay. Well, if you would if you would plant wheat, I would say you got the first two weeks of October uh, to use radishes with wheat. And I might just flip right back to our topic today. Uh, if you're planting wheat late, then I would really question the value of adding radishes. Uh, I should have said that in the topic, but uh, more on the early side, it just makes sense. You're going to get the benefit. So, but in answer, Doug, uh, where you live. I mean, you could you could potentially get a frost now pretty much any time. Certainly doesn't feel like it today, but statistically, could you you could get a frost any time after the first of October, right? Yes. So I would say your radish window is closed, and uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I would. I would. You're going to have to go to your triticale, your wheat, your cereal. That's what you're. Now the other the thing about it, what I would suggest to you though, is I don't know. Did you have you played around with interseeding? Have you tried that? Because you would be a good candidate, I think, for that. Is that something that you I, I have tried? I have not. Uh, some people up here have not very successfully. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that still would be something. I mean, the, the whole interceding concept has continued to evolve. It certainly has been intriguing enough and successful enough for people to keep doing it in, in different areas. So I don't know what the experience exactly was in your area. I would still, I would, I wouldn't cross it off just yet. 
because it might be something that will well, fit your program. Yeah, I think I think the issue up here is th through the summer down with you guys, you get some of that rain that comes up along the coast that we don't get. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens up here is it just gets too dry, and okay. when we get those dry pockets, it just dies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that is one of the challenges because the corn gets the first dibs on moisture, and uh, if you do have a dry period, that it. Um, but there again, we were kind of mentioned earlier. There's a trend toward interseeding at more like V3, V4 rather than V6, just to get the cover crop more established so it can weather some of those drought type occurrences that may happen. Um, so. Yeah, I, I got to talk to the guys when they were when they were at it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I doubt if the timing was very, very precise because they were sharing that Penn State cedar. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. Well, I don't know, Lauren, if you're still on here or not, um, but, but Lauren is from uh, north, uh, eastern Iowa. I would say his his climate would be somewhat similar to yours. I don't know, Lauren, if you want to share. You're, you're getting some success in interceding. Uh, in in your neck of the woods, um, so yeah, there is some there is some success out there, uh, Doug. I would say stay tuned on that because I think that's certainly one of the things that that may work uh, in your situation. Any other question from anybody else? Any cover crop question at all? Okay, one more time. Any other question? Anything you're thinking about? You want to ask? Well, if not, thanks again for your uh, attention and for being on this webinar today. I'll try to have it up here within uh, a day uh, so that uh, those that weren't on it can, can do it later. I look forward to seeing you on either the Facebook group or seeing you next week. In the meantime, have a safe harvest, and um, uh, thanks again. Thank you, Steve. Yep.